Lorraine here. I'm sure you know by now that I'm incredibly proud of our wonderful, intrepid English community. Not only is it a place where English learners can come to improve their reading, writing, listening and speaking skills, but it's also a safe space where anyone can come to learn the communication and interpersonal skills they need to feel more confident. English is a tool for people worldwide to achieve their goals, live fulfilling lives and make a positive impact. In the words of my hero, Gloria Steinem, language can't solve everything, of course, but it does carry our dreams and ideas. Today's podcast is a recording of a conversation I had with one of my wonderful students, Petra. She started learning English with me several years ago and has since learned the communication skills she needs to succeed at work, settle into a new life in a different country and travel to new and exciting places. We've discussed her journey to feeling more confident when speaking English, the milestones she's achieved so far and also what the future has in store for her. Head over to the Intrepid English blog to read the transcript of this conversation. You can check out the resources that we mentioned and complete exercises at the end to test your comprehension. I hope you enjoy today's conversation as much as we did. Hi Petra, thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me today. How are you, Lauren? I'm okay, thanks. I've been recording or trying to record podcasts all day, so um, I'm really in in the zone. I've been having lots of deep conversations with people all day, which is one of my favourite things to do. So I'm I'm in a really really good mood today. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, it's a sunny Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. So yeah. I'm in a similar mood as you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, so maybe you could start by introducing yourself for everyone. Yeah. Hello, everyone. My name is Petra. I'm originally from Austria. I grew up there, but moved to the Netherlands a couple of years ago. Lovely. And uh, you're living in Amsterdam now, right? Yeah, that's right. The beautiful city of Amsterdam. I'm really jealous. I love Amsterdam so much. Uh, visited many, many times and got several friends there. But uh, it does seem like quite a, a hectic place to live when you're walking down the street and there are bikes whizzing past you at all times of the day and night. Um, what's What's it like living there? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it, uh, especially on a sunny day. I don't like it so much in winter when it's just rainy and grey, um, but most of the year I love it. And I think only the city centre is stressful, but that's not really the place where you live. Outside there's lots of parks, um, lots of nice cafes, bars, and lots of nice people. So um, once you get used to all the bike rules, by rules there are no not really rules people just go crazy and yeah. uh if they <laughs> ride their bikes if their uh, life would depend on it <laughs> um but it's it's a nice city being a pedestrian on the street and going to cross the road you can definitely tell who's a local <laughs> and yes. who's a tourist because the tourists just walk straight into the bike lane yeah. and then they get the fright of their lives when they <laughs> nearly get taken out by, by a bicycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you ever ride your bike in the centre? 
Oh uh, yeah, every day I, I take the bike to go to my office, but also to really go anywhere. I'm speaking for the majority of Amsterdamers, I would say, um, they don't uh, use public transport that often, but more so the bike because it, it's flat everywhere, <laughs> just a few yeah. bridges, and it's much faster to go from A to B. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, I've certainly seen some people really looking super stylish on their bikes. I remember <laughs> seeing a lady once in Amsterdam, um, and she was in like a, a an evening dress, maybe even a ball gown with high heels, <laughs> and it was raining. She was holding an umbrella over herself whilst cycling, and um, I just thought to myself, "Well, I can't be that graceful." just walking for my entire bike. Um, I, I really admire Amsterdamers for just their, their effortless grace. Yeah, yeah, I would agree 100%. Uh, Amsterdam women are, like you say, uh, their style of clothing, makeup, and also their personality-wise, they just look so chic and so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, why is it so easy for you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great. And what, what languages do you tend to speak in Amsterdam then? Um, at work, English only. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any fellow Austrians in my office. Uh, so it's uh, English only. Um, and at, at home, my partner, he's also Austrian. So we, we speak a mix of all the languages. Of course, German, uh, but he comes from a different uh, part of Austria. So uh, it's a weird uh, dialect mix uh, of Austrian and a little bit of uh, Dutch. And of course, lots of English because, yeah, I think English is becoming... Or lots of English words uh, are used in all the languages nowadays. Yeah. Wow. Do you know what? The more people I speak to who are expats, um, you know, all over the world, they tend to have a mixture of many different languages that they speak. And yeah, again, it just really impresses me that people can just slip into a, a different language seemingly effortlessly. For example, in Germany, they speak like Denglish, they would say, which is a hybrid of Deutsch and English. But it sounds like people in Amsterdam are using a, a mixture of English and many other languages as well. Do you guys ever get mixed up? Um, yes, I would say so. And Dinglish is definitely a thing. Uh, it's also called Dinglish, I think, for Dutch and English. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I when I go back, especially and to talk uh, with my parents, they hate it when uh, when we talk English um, and use uh, different English words. Um, so I try to speak, yeah, the the language we speak at home. Um, but sometimes you just miss words or they don't come to your mind because the English word is so much easier and you use it so often. Yeah, it's always a mix and we we can't separate like now just speak German or just English or just Dutch. It's always a mix of everything. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But that's 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 beautiful I think. Um you know the the diversity in your language um, particularly when you're living in a place like Amsterdam, which is really diverse yeah. as well. It's beautiful to embrace the mixture, the combination of different cultures and languages at the same time. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience of learning English in the past? 
in Austria, we start learning English in school when we are about, um, I think, 12 years. Um, if anyone's listening <laughs> from Austria, <laughs> maybe that's not correct. But yeah, it's uh, called Hauptschule. It's a gr grand school or how do you call it? Yeah, a high school, isn't it? Just the first year of high school. High, yeah, maybe in high school, yeah, where you start. Um, and then uh, I, I went to tourism school. We, of course, learned it there um, and at university. And then I started um, a job in Austria where I, I had to speak English occasionally when talking to colleagues um, uh, from all over the world. How did you find that experience working in a place where you would have to speak English occasionally? I think it was cool <laughs> back then because there are not that many international companies, I would say, um, in, in the area, in area of Salzburg, um, where I worked. So I thought it was super cool, um, to practice, uh, the English on a regular basis and also to work for an international company. And I thought I could speak English quite well at the time, but then I moved to Amsterdam and I had to speak English almost 24-7 um, from one day to the other. And it was so exhausting. Um, uh, I was very surprised and shocked at the same time. Um, after a day of work, I was just tired. My brain was yeah. tired. Um, it was super hard to express myself properly. Uh, I felt st yeah drained and stupid, like I can't talk English, uh, that's so stupid. Uh, it's such an easy language, you've spoken English for such a long time. Uh, so that was really frustrating, um, frustrating experience, I would say. At first, uh, I was yeah trying really hard every day <laughs> to get into the English international um, routine uh, by myself. And after a couple of weeks, it worked really well. Um, But I also still had German clients, so I could still uh, talk German um, and only English with my colleagues. But then a new opportunity arose, and I, I was able to um, take on the role of team lead for an international sales team. And then that's when I kind of panicked in a way that um, I want to feel comfortable with English and not having to think about, okay, how do I say this Um Or how do I phrase that with my um, colleagues or with my team? I, I want to focus on uh, doing a great job and not uh, just uh, how I should express myself. And then we met. And then we <laughs> met, yes. <laughs> It's actually quite a common experience for for people to look for an English teacher later in their career after they've been working for a few years and either their company asks them to take on some responsibilities which include using English or maybe they relocate to a different branch and they have to use English and many of my students their experience of learning English was at school or at university so to learn English with a, a teacher one-on-one -on -one and to really sort of tailor those English lessons to the specific needs of that student. It's, um, it's fascinating to me because there's this period of time where the students and you were the same, Petra, where you realize that you can have fun with it. You can enjoy it. And, um, you know, it can be almost like a secret weapon where you can have somebody to talk about the particular challenges that you're working on. 
at work or maybe even in your personal life in English and have that sort of cheerleader <laughs> that you can speak to once or twice a week who will give you the skills and the language that you need to tackle that challenge. Um, and yeah, I, I, I remember you going through that that process with me and it's it's always lovely for me to, to see that sort of spark of, of joy, like, oh, great, I can actually enjoy this. This can be something that is almost a pleasure rather than a chore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you also make it so easy to enjoy it because I always look forward uh, talking to you because you're such a sunshine, always such a, in a, such a good mood. Uh, so it's uh, easy talking to you uh, <laughs> and just uh, improving the English skills uh, while doing so. <laughs> oh, thank you, Petra. So how how has being able to speak English confidently at work, how has that impacted you in general? Uh, it has impacted me in a way that I don't have to think about words. They c come now more naturally and more fluently, but I can really uh, concentrate on the conversation um, and uh, yeah, have more meaningful, imp impactful conversations with my team especially when when um i'm doing performance reviews with them th that's uh, super frightening on its own and now i don't have to think about the words um or if they ask me a question uh, which i didn't expect then i can just focus on the answer rather than the words itself if if that makes sense yeah absolutely and that's you know that's the the joy of becoming more advanced in english you don't have to be searching for the words it takes It takes a lot of the hard work out of it so that you can focus on interpersonal skills rather yeah. than just language skills there, which yeah. which makes you a better leader, essentially. Yeah, but it's it's also a plus, I have to say, that here it's such an international company I'm working for. Not everyone is native um, and I still mm. feel more comfortable <laughs> speaking to non-native speakers uh, than to... Uh, to native speakers, which is super ridiculous because um, I know it's just in my brain, but uh, never mind. <laughs> it's really common because firstly, you maybe expect native speakers to be judging your English. Yes, People say this to me all the time. They're like, oh, you're an English teacher. <laughs> and then you can see that moment of panic where they're just like, oh my God, <laughs> my English isn't perfect. Um, but I say to them, I'm, I'm not judging your, your language. Um, I'm Basically, I can guarantee that their English is better than my ability to speak their language, that's for sure. Um, but I think partly because native speakers tend to speak so quickly, especially if they've never learned another language. They don't understand how helpful and important it is to slow down when you're speaking with someone when English is their second language or foreign language. So maybe that's partly why you you feel a little bit intimidated with mm. with native speakers but I'm glad that you don't feel that way with with non-native speakers now that's that's a massive leap forward yeah yeah but the fact that I don't feel insecure in front of non-native speakers but do in front of native speakers uh, just proves that it's just in my head and I don't have to <laughs> have any worries so but it's a work in progress and I'm happy that uh, I found you and you were helping me to improve it <laughs> and uh, we've done such amazing improvements over the years so. really we mm. have you know The thing is, it's, it's a bit tricky for me because uh, um, 
for many students, they they come to me with low confidence. And so I don't want to video them uh, when they're feeling low on confidence. But then when they inevitably break through that and they love it, they're enjoying speaking English, I I, I wish I had that proof of where they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that we can compare it to where you are now. But needless to say, I think if I'd have asked you to take part in a podcast even a year ago, maybe longer than a year ago, you would probably have screamed and run away. <laughs> but now look at you go. Yay! <laughs> it's fantastic. But I also have to say you have really good convincing skills. <laughs> <laughs> Which I teach as well in negotiations. <laughs> Check out the link. Uh, check out the link in the comments. <laughs> Lately, I discovered podcasts for myself, so I love listening to podcasts. Um, oh, great! Which ones? What's your favorite kind of podcast? Um, educational podcasts, in a way where they do a deep dive on specific topics, like now the Ukraine war um, or why COVID is on the rise again. Sounds super boring, but there's actually real fun uh and good podcasts out there like there's a million yeah, podcasts so but many. um yeah there's really good ones as well i don't think that sounds boring i think that sounds fascinating um have you got any particular recommendations um not an english one unfortunately no. my recommendations for podcasts change week to week um, but most of the time i i always go back to story collider which is is mostly American English speakers, but people telling a story connected to science. Um, but you don't have to be a scientist to understand it. I'm certainly not. But the the storytelling skills involved are just wonderful. So I'll leave a, a link to that um, underneath the podcast. And also, if you don't mind a little bit of swearing, then the <laughs> WTF podcast with Mark Maron is brilliant. He's really funny, really insightful. Again, that's American English. Um, and you've got also The Illusionist, um, which is with Helen Zaltzman. And that is uh, all about language. And that's British English. She's got the most amazing um, accent as well. So those are three recommendations of podcasts that I'm really, really enjoying at the moment. So if you're listening to this on iTunes or on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, then you can go to the episode notes and, and find the links to those podcasts as well. Cool. What I like best about listening to podcasts is that you feel, even you don't know the person, or maybe it's a famous person, but it feels like they're talking to you yes. or you're a friend to them or you just met at the restaurant and they're yes, telling you a yeah, story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so The Illusionist with Helen Zaltzman, she's talking about language, but it's it's language in in the most sort of modern way you know she, it's not just like old fashioned language but she's obviously extremely knowledgeable about language but she is funny and relatable and it's just it's so nice to listen to her and she really does make it seem like she's talking directly to you um i think that is one thing that podcasts do really really well it's take an expert and make them feel like your best friend you're sitting down just having a chat with them 
yeah awesome yeah um i'll actually i i think i'm more and more people are listening to podcasts now and students of mine ask me for recommendations for different podcasts as well so um i might start asking my guests for their <laughs> podcast recommendations because everyone's got a different one now as you said there are so many out there and they're so great for english learners because unlike videos where you have the visual clues um, with podcasts, you you really are honing that listening skill. And we've actually just released a new podcast. So it's kind of an offshoot to the Intrepid English podcast. Um, it's a new series called Lessons Learned. It really came out of the fact that I was interviewing really fascinating people who are experts in their field. The episodes are longer, they're more in-depth, they're suitable for advanced English learners. And Really, it's it's about topics that matter, about topics that I think a lot of people don't really know too much about. Or if they do, maybe they're a bit scared of asking questions about these things like diversity and inclusion or um, issues of race, issues of sexism, controversial issues that are not normally featured in podcasts for English learners but they're the mm. kind of conversations that my students really love to have. This has evolved into a new series, um, and I'll also leave the link for that in the episode notes. I'll definitely check it out, because that's something uh, I love when talking to you as well. You're open-minded, and the topics that you pick for okay. the lessons, not only are they, uh, of course, they're uh, tailored towards the student, but uh, they're always so on point, open-minded, uh hot topics what's just discussed in the news or i don't know um yeah you're a, a small world saver not saver oh. but how do you say if you want to make it better improver <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean well, the, the the phrase you're going to change the world this is quite overused now these days but i do i do definitely care so deeply about so many um projects and and it's this is why i love having deep conversations with people because i learn a lot from them and their experience and they learn from me obviously english language skills but they also hopefully maybe explore topics that they might not have thought about otherwise and i think that's generally so much more enjoyable for me and for the student um, than just focusing on grammar points constantly. Although I do love grammar, <laughs> yeah. but it's all about a combination <laughs> of different different things to to really keep you stimulated and keep you interested and motivated. Yeah, I also wanted to ask uh, you a question. Uh, what when do you listen to podcasts? Like in which occasion? Well, I'm one of these people who needs complete silence when I'm working. Obviously, when I'm teaching, I don't have any music on or anything. But when I'm working outside of my lessons, I can't listen to anything else, not even music. But I love to listen to podcasts when I'm out and about, maybe doing some shopping, going to the gym, driving, things like that. I used to be someone who listened to music all of the time whenever I was awake but nowadays I I much prefer listening to podcasts um, unless of course I'm chatting with my friend or something and you know it's nice to have some background music on there but going to the gym listening to a really fascinating podcast 
it makes me forget that I'm working out and, uh, you know, I'm learning something at the same time. And quite often I'll, I'll leave the gym feeling just amazing because I've expanded my mind as well as, you know, worked out my body. So, yeah, that's that's when I really, really like listening to podcasts. Mm, How about you? That's lovely. Um, similar. So when I'm in the office, I wear my noise cancelling headphones because I also can't stand noise around me when I want to focus or need to focus. Um, so for me, it's also outside of work, uh, when I'm in a car or, or in the park having a walk or, um, shopping. I find it a bit too stressful because I really want to listen to everything, but also need to focus on my shopping list. <laughs> Um, so it's uh, mostly in the car or, or at home when in the morning when I do uh, my makeup or I'm in the shower or something like awesome. that. Awesome. <laughs> it's such an easy way of developing your knowledge as part of your daily routine, isn't it? Yep. If you yep. are interested in including the odd English podcast here and there into your daily routine, let me know and I will give you a comprehensive list of ones that I think you will like because um, <laughs> there really are so many. Yes, please. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> You'll regret saying that. <laughs> Can you tell us about some of the English milestones that you've achieved so far? Um, the first ones are Definitely what we already talked about, the confidence um, in meetings, one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings specifically with my team members. Uh, when I noticed that I felt more comfortable, then it was so much more fun. I didn't sweat anymore. Maybe that was a milestone <laughs> as well. And at the beginning, I still uh, felt nervous, especially when talking to more senior people. But that's now also better but I still don't feel 100% confidence and I think I never will but I'm now at the level where I'm where I'm super happy uh, but maybe you can tell me if that's normal but I still have a feeling when when I don't speak English for two weeks because I'm on vacation and just speak German um, and then I come back to work <laughs> and I, I lose my words again um, then it takes uh, one or two days again to to get into the flow. Um, but yeah, I would say milestone-wise uh, in confidence. Yes, it's very common for, for people to feel that way. Um, it's just a case of being rusty. But the way I think about it is when you return to work after a holiday, You're normally a bit rusty in all areas of your job, aren't you? A little bit. <laughs> I even forgot my password. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, adding a second language to the mix is it's completely understandable that it takes you a day or two to get back into the, the habit. Um, I certainly wouldn't feel like, you know, you're unique in that sense. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, but I've I've had students for several years who never really felt 100% comfortable speaking English at work, but they also never really felt, you know, really comfortable generally just sort of in conversations with their superiors and things like that. And the moment that they did feel comfortable and everything was easy – their jobs didn't feel challenging and therefore didn't feel fulfilling anymore. So they, they moved on to, to a different job. So I think this feeling of 
uh, stepping outside of your comfort zone regularly um, is actually really good. It keeps you challenged. It keeps you stimulated. It, it means that your your job is always pushing you a little bit to to improve. And you know, I d- I don't know if if it's just English language or whether that's always feeling that there's something more that you can do and just striving to be a little bit better in things that Mm. you do. I think that that's what makes us good at our jobs. It makes us strive to be better. Um, So Mm. I don't think that's necessarily something to get rid of. I think it's, it's there to tell you that you're, you're always pushing yourself just a little bit more and that's a good thing. No. Yeah. If you, Put no if you put it that way. <laughs> I am really convincing. Aren't I? <laughs> yeah. The next podcast is about the art of persuasion. <laughs> oh, I uh, that. I can be your guinea pig. <laughs> well, that would be my honor. You know, it's, I speak with some incredible people every day. My amazing students. I'm so so lucky to have the students that I have, and I do find it much easier to see the amazing potential in my students a lot it's a lot easier than finding the potential in in myself in many ways so I do struggle with a lot of the things that my students struggle with uh, day in day out I think I can see them in a slightly different light and it's absolutely a joy to to cheerlead <laughs> for them and uh, help them to see how amazing they are in many ways yeah it's so much easier to give someone else yeah. positive or also developmental feedback than than doing it for yourself. You said it much more succinctly than I could there, Petra. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> My work here is done. Goodbye. <laughs> Subscription edit. Don't even joke. <laughs> no, I could never. It's too much fun. <laughs> so what's, what's next for you then uh, in terms of English or in terms of your career? What do you have in store in the future? Um, for English, I mean, we did pronunciation, um, I think it was last year and... Um, I could also my partner could uh, see difference uh, when when talking English. He said, "Oh, did you have your English lessons recently? Because your pronunciation for this and that word changed." No, cool. I wanna st- uh, work on my pronunciation with you again, mm-hmm. um, and also some areas when writing in a business email where where I don't feel super comfortable. So I think that's that's the next topics I would like to work on with you. Absolutely. It's really important to learn the foundational knowledge about pronunciation and then to practice in context uh, so that I can correct you when you make mistakes or when we can improve any particular area of your pronunciation as well. Um, And when it comes to business emails, I love working on authentic material with my students. It's so much more enjoyable than working on some generic textbook, for example. Um, and when we were making the writing emails course in the Intrepid English Academy, this was something that Thomas really wanted to to build in. He didn't want the standard English textbook advice. We've seen that before. It's not interesting. Um, We wanted to add value to the students. So giving phrases for um, ways to persuade people or ways to be more inclusive in your emails, be more diplomatic, things like that. 
these are really useful things to learn. But working on your own emails one to one with me, that's going to be so, so helpful for you. We can correct things together. You can learn new phrases um, so that you've got a variety of different ways of saying similar things. And um, it's it's always so helpful for me to mm-hmm. to work through that with you because the set, you'll tend to use the same language in phone calls at work or in presentations, for example. Um, so, yeah, great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Although I can really recommend the English course, uh, the writing email course on the Intrepid uh, English uh, platform because Thomas did not just uh, mention which phrases to use but also the order or what you say how to persuade or how to get an outcome or the reaction that you want so definitely check it out <laughs> yeah. you're going to be the co-host soon I think <laughs> this is great you're really good at this is this your first podcast or have you done this before yeah the first one yes you're a pro already well done <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a good duo <laughs> we are yeah it's like a breakfast show breakfast radio <laughs> speaking of which one of our teachers Gemma is actually a breakfast radio DJ no way that's yeah. so cool she's amazing she's been doing it for years and she's absolutely incredible she's got the most beautiful clear Scottish accent so um I always ask her to record our blog posts into podcasts because her voice is just so lovely mm. is there a goal that you would like to achieve in English um No, I guess my biggest goal was to really feel confident um, at work. It's it's easier to speak uh, informal, private uh, English with friends, um, but also to speak uh, in super challenging meetings and speak confidently or comfortably. Yeah. Uh, so that was my goal. And as I said, it's, it's still a work in progress, and uh, but it's definitely a, a good direction, already good progress. A lot better. Mm. Right, I think that's the end of our podcast today, Petra, but I really want to ask you a question that I, I ask everyone who comes onto the podcast. Okay. Do you have any advice to offer to English learners who might be listening to this? Anything at all that you think will help with their English learning journey? Uh, I would say just go out there. We're all on the same journey. Most of the time, it's not about the words you use, um, if they're perfect or not. It's uh, it's about the person you meet and the person you are. And uh, you're a lovely person. And uh, don't be shy to, to show that or just because yeah. you don't feel so comfortable with your English uh, or you, use, you might use your wrong word. Don't let that hold you back. Wonderful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know about you, Petra, and uh, the listeners, but if someone's speaking to me in English and it's their second language, I'm not looking down on them um, and judging their, their English at all. I'm delighted that they're communicating with me in my language, right? I'm I'm honoured by that. And if somebody is judgmental with, with your English, then honestly, that says more about them than it does about you. Yeah, that's on them. Yeah. But uh, I agree, language is such a beautiful skill um, or gift, so don't let it go wasted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enjoy it. You don't have to be perfect at something in order to to do it and enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. What a great note to end the podcast on, Petra. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Okay, you right. Co-host for the next one then. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listening to today's conversation. Don't forget to head over to the Intrepid English blog to read the transcript of today's conversation with Petra. We have links to all of the resources that we mentioned during our conversation, and there are even some exercises to test your comprehension. If you enjoy in-depth conversations about topics that matter, check out the Lessons Learned podcast from Intrepid English where I interview the fascinating and inspirational people that I know who are making a positive impact in the world. Until next time, happy learning. <laughs> <laughs>